folks, welcome into Pro Football Ireland. Getting closer and closer to training camp starting camp with Michael McRae, Mark Hogan. Delighted to be joined by none other than Mina Kimes. Mina, uh, as we say in Ireland, Kajie, how are you? Oh, God. That was how are you, right? Mark's better than me at Irish. So, Mark, do you want to do a better introduction than that? Now, I'm, I want to kind of like the listeners here get on with this one. I'm worried that on this podcast that I, I'm a fraud. Um, I listen to too much of Mina. And if anyone was smart, they would have figured out that I just go on her thinking and thoughts the whole time. So this could be my last podcast because everyone's going to realize that I have no actual ideas of my own. So uh, let's get on with it, Michael. Let's get on with it. Uh, Mina, very, very quickly from me, major FOMO the last few days. Mexico, that was a, a lovely off-season trip, some fantastic food. And for us sitting thousands of miles away, it was great to see you on TikTok. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And some good um, sightings of random NFL hats. I spotted both a new Rams hat and a new Chargers hat in the wild, which uh, you never know which teams are taking off in Mexico. I've been there before uh, at Mexico City and seen a lot of Niners and Raiders apparel, but uh, it seems like the LA teams might be making a little bit of headway. It's a little bit like for us when we go through the street and we see the odd person in like a Raiders cap and we have that slight nod and, and you sort of walk on. And um, staying on that, we were talking off camera a second ago. Uh, last week, the Steelers announced the uh, marketing rights in Ireland. They're hopeful of it looking at potentially playing a game. I guess just from your own focus, Mina, I, I know ESPN, not yourself, but ESPN were in London last year for the Broncos Jaguars game. And um, what are your thoughts on the growth of the game internationally? Obviously, I don't know if you get up at what, what's 6 a.m. to watch that game in Munich, but we can say from being there that honestly, Mina, I enjoyed it more than the Super Bowl. It was incredible, the atmosphere. Well, the the Bucks beating the Seahawks was not something I particularly <laughs> enjoyed, but I do, I do love the European games. I love the excitement you see amongst the fan bases. I love the uh, fans showing up in like random jerseys for teams that aren't playing, but... Um, you can tell that there's there's a real appetite. Both, I would say, Mexico, um, several European countries. I don't know a lot about the Ireland and whether there's much of an appetite for the NFL. You guys would know better than me. Brazil would be the other country that comes to mind where where the NFL seems pretty damn popular. I also like the idea of um, kind of going to what I was saying about Mexico. You know, different teams, even if they don't necessarily have an official um, partnership or sister country type stance kind of developing followings in different places is fun to me. Um, the Steelers make a lot of sense for Ireland, I think. It, for some reason, it just feels right. Although I do like the idea of, I know Jacksonville is more in the UK, but um, it, the the way you just said the team name there makes me uh, think Jacksonville would be a fun one to have in Ireland just to hear Irish accents saying Jaguars. You're spot on, Mina. We, I, you know, I'm not an AFC fan. The listeners will know, but um, it allows me to kind of support the Jags and the Cedars because we are, as Irish people, it's a growing sport over here, and we're so excited, you know, to have the bit of a presence. And I think that it's going to be a real winner for both fans and for the teams over here. But speaking of, uh, we were lucky enough to see your Seahawks last year, and it was a super exciting game. Sorry, the result didn't go away, obviously, but. This year, we actually have the Bills coming over and the Dolphins to London. I suppose the narrative of the offseason, you know, goes through the AFC and it certainly goes through that division. 
are we living in a PTSD world that we can't look forward to maybe the Jets, the Bills and the Dolphins coexisting? Or are you not buying into that narrative quite so much? No, I think the division is the Thunderdome. And every time I've said that, people have said, well, everyone said that about the AFC West last year. And look what happened. We didn't, you know, Russell Wilson's regression, the Raiders kind of fell apart. But a big part of the reason why I have so much confidence in all four AFC East teams, at least threatening, and I say all four because I think people are overlooking New England uh, just on the basis of the strength of their defense, is all four teams have really good rosters. Maybe not in New England offensively. I would say that if you were to look at both sides of the ball on all four teams, that's the weakest unit. But outside of that, I mean, all four defenses should be amongst the top 10, even, you could say, in the NFL, especially given the work Miami did this offseason. And then obviously the Bills' offense and Miami's offense were both extremely good last year. Betting on uh, improvement with the Jets, of course, with Aaron Rodgers. But it's hard for me to find uh, significant weaknesses on these teams. Yeah, it's funny. A question for another day is, of course, Bill Belichick and was he trolling his own quarterback with those defensive picks in the draft? But it certainly has set them up well. But I suppose when you mentioned the AFC West, the LA Chargers last year were one of those teams, uh, along with the Raiders, along with the Broncos that we were all talking about. And it's kind of something that's been going through my head recently about like, I was super in on the Chargers. And now you're looking, of course, I did a contract last week for Melvin Gordon, but do you, if you were a fan, say, of one of these two teams, the LA Chargers, or you could pick the Chicago Bears to be a fan of over the next five years, which one would you choose? Because Justin Herbert is obviously going to be doing contracts soon. So all those kind of nice moves that say they had last year, those moves are going to kind of dry up. Whereas when I look at the Chicago Bears, I kind of see there's not enough, thankfully, narratives drawn to, I suppose, Lamar and. Justin Fields, and I don't just mean in the running aspect, but like Justin Fields is after getting massive wide receivers this year too. So going back to the question, next five years, would you rather be an LA Chargers fan or a Chicago Bears fan with that in mind? I I would go with the Chargers. Um, The degree of difficulty will absolutely go up with the roster, and I think there's been some mistakes with regards to roster construction um, that are only going to exacerbate that in the coming years. But they have a proven quantity at quarterback, quarterback Justin Herbert, who I think is probably one of the five or six best in the NFL. I don't know if I say probably, I definitely think that. Whereas with Justin Fields, you're, you're betting on a leap as a passer, um, a leap that I think you know is entirely possible. And obviously, he's been in a pretty challenging situation now for two years. Uh, that's about to change. And I, you know, I, I'm a believer in his. I think his rushing ability gives him a floor. But he's still a bit of an unknown. And, um, you know, you, you always take the quarterback, especially when you have one like Justin Herbert. And the Irish Chargers fans listening, Tom Solasco on the podcast next week. Back to the questions. Uh, I mean, it's, it's entering that weird part of the offseason where we're just waiting for training camp to start. We've still got a couple of guys, for example, and hopefully time doesn't go past us on this podcast by the time it's released. Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins, two big names in free agency. If we had to look at potential landing spots for for either guy, is there any team that screams out to you in terms of need at the moment? Well, Hop is the interesting one because when he was being talked about as a trade candidate, uh, the list of destinations was quite limited on account of how large his salary was. Ultimately, that's why no one traded for him. There just weren't many teams that could accommodate him, uh, that salary rather, 
And it seemed like he didn't, you know, he wasn't going to accept a pay cut after the Odell Beckham Jr. contract came through. It's a one-year deal, but uh, it was pretty sizable. But once he was released, and he has finally been released now by Arizona, all bets are off the table because um, his destination really comes down to what he cares about. Does he want to maximize his salary? Does he want to win the Super Bowl? Does he want to play with a certain quarterback? I don't know. If he wants to um, you know, win a Super Bowl, I think teams like Kansas City and Buffalo, uh, or I would throw Dallas in the mix, frankly, as well. I'm pretty high on their roster. And they actually have more cap space, which makes them an interesting destination. Those would be great landing spots. You know, we won't get the most amount of money from Kansas City and Buffalo. So that that would be up to him in terms of priorities. I also, though, think there's a, there's a few other teams that make sense for him and maybe have a little bit more money. Um, Cleveland, Detroit come to mind. New England, although there's some bad blood there between him and the offensive coordinator, who's his former head coach, Bill O'Brien. So, you know, he, he's a guy who I still think has a lot left in the tank. Um, especially if he's not the number one option in offense, and that would be the case on most of those teams. So uh, yeah, I, that's one that you know I, I I'm really excited to see where he lands because of the potential impact. Ezekiel Elliott, the place that makes the most sense to me is Dallas. They um, have essentially an Ezekiel Elliott sized hole on their roster in terms of you know like a short yardage back who's really good in pass protection obviously he would be paid less money but um that makes sense i would also throw out the chargers who we just talked about by the way you know they didn't sign anyone to back up austin eckler they're still leaning on the players they had and i think they could use ezekiel Elliott's skill set michael when you're asking those questions in future please a trigger warning for us cardinals fans who uh we released mina would you believe our cardinal special the day before the d-hop news broke and uh it was probably good timing because i don't want to talk about it for the rest of the offseason uh even hearing the names there i'm still hoping that you mentioned the arizona cardinals as a potential landing spot for him like you just did with ezekiel Elliott back to his whole team but if we maybe move to the nfc west um i suppose one of the big storylines of last year was obviously the quarterbacks that they had in San Francisco. And this year, it should be equally as big a storyline, but we're probably all a bit jaded with it. I suppose, of course, there's the potential of it being a super high-powered room. But what would you see as maybe the floor for that QB room? Obviously, Brock mm. Birdie could be injured. And we don't know. We all presume that Kyle Shannon works as magic with the other two, Sam Darnold and um, Trey Lance. What do you think was the, the worst case scenario that could happen with that QB room? Well, I think with Kyle Shanahan, the floor is always pretty high. It doesn't, frankly, really matter who's playing quarterback. Um, you know, sometimes when you say that, uh, folks will point to the Niners' record and how it took a turn without Jimmy Garoppolo. But the reality is, when they didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo during the last few years, they were often missing other key players: George Kittle, Trent Williams, Debo, what have you. If the Niners are healthy on offense, otherwise. Frankly, I think any three of those quarterbacks will be fine. For me, the the bigger question is kind of where is the ceiling? You know, they drafted Trey Lance with the goal of raising their ceiling, uh, but they seem to have moved on from that decision. Uh, all the language coming out of San Francisco is that Brock Purdy is the starter going forward. Uh, and and we saw that, you know, he did execute the offense at a high level, um, as well as Garoppolo with a little bit of playmaking sprinkled in. So I'll be curious to see... Um, Sort of if that continues, uh, if he's healthy, of course, and whether or not he can improve a little bit in terms of his decision making and maybe throwing the ball downfield. 
And I guess another, I suppose, quarterback-related question, if you flip across to Jared Goff, but it's not just about him. I suppose it's does he back up his year that he had last year again. The Detroit Lions, is there too much expectation on them? I mean, they're favoured for the NFC North, which, you know, you can't just take it away from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, look, I think I called them a fraud enough times last year that isn't that me being a bit rich now saying that we can't. But... um. Do you think there's, you know, a bit of disrespect there towards the likes of the Vikings or, you know, like I love that backfield. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. They do seem to be one of these teams that they did get better. I know the draft value didn't seem to be there, but draft stock aside, Cameron Sutton was my favorite free agency signing. I think that's going to work wonders in their defensive backfield. Um, do you think that they're going to take another leap again or will they find it a bit more difficult in 2023? I think they'll be better. Um, you know, the underlying metrics suggest they weren't a lucky football team. They had an extremely efficient offense, even with some injuries, not having Jamison Williams, who they won't have for some of this year because of his suspension. Um, the other wide receiver is also suffering some injuries. And then defensively, this was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. As you alluded to, they went out, really improved their secondary. However you feel about the draft, they draft a lot of players who can contribute immediately um, so I think it's correct to view them as the favorites in the NFC North. I think to your first question, whether there's too much hype, it really kind of comes down to whether you have expectations beyond the NFC North. Um, you know, I, I, they're to me still not one of the three best teams in the NFC. I would start there, uh, but I do have them winning the division. And this is where it comes to this point where we are just talking around different things. Mina, um, I know you're high on the Ravens. You've talked about the Cowboys defense. We've got Sean Payton in the AFC West. Have you any sort of bold prediction or anything that you're thinking of that you haven't maybe talked about yet uh, before we get into training camp ahead of the season? Yeah, I will also there. I, you alluded to the Ravens. I'm really high on the Ravens. Um, I thought that defense was playing really good football at the end of last season, despite some injuries. Um, I think the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, does a really good job, and it took them a second to kind of um, adjust to the schematic change uh, from Wing Martindale. It's a very, very different defense. So that coupled with all the additions on offense, including the coordinator, um, you know, is a team that's really battled injury issues over the years, but it feels like if they can stay healthy, it's one of the better rosters in football. I'm super high on them. Um, as far as bold predictions, um, I think that... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if even in a loaded AFC, the Steelers take some people by surprise. I mean, this is a team that was kind of knocking on the door of the playoffs despite some pretty significant injuries, onboarding, you know, a rookie quarterback who I thought played pretty well at the end of last year. I like some of the decisions that they made in the offseason. So that's that's a team that, um, I, you know, it's a really tough division, so that will obviously cause some tro- problems. But um, I did like their offseason a great deal. Uh, and then as far as the NFC South goes, I don't know if I've actually made my decision on who's going to win that division. So maybe I'll, I'll sit on Alflin for a little bit. Uh, I think I think we're all sitting like, I mean, at the middle of it, just with that division, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? Is there, any, is there any team you think hasn't been given love, you know, that hasn't been talked about maybe enough in, in this offseason so far? Um, I, People are appropriately high on the Cowboys, who you alluded to. I think uh, throwing the Pats out is a mistake because of the strength of the defense. So, kind of nodded to that. Um, let's see, in the NFC, 
Uh, well, I'll say I, I I expect the Packers' offense to look better than people expect, perhaps, or I maybe you know it kind of depends on what your expectations are. Um, but I think you know it's still one of the best offensive lines in football. I think they have a pretty underrated group of skill players, and uh, Matt Lafleur as a play caller has really impressed me. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know, despite the transition at quarterback, I mean, it's an offense that was not particularly efficient last season. Granted, the defense has to play a lot better, but um, I, I feel like they can build something pretty efficient around Jordan Love. Mina, we really appreciate your time. I am thrilled that you mentioned the Steelers because a lot of the Irish fans will be uh, thrilled with that. If you're not listening to Mina's podcast, Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny, you won't be familiar with this next part, but Dinks and Dunks is a massive part of the show. So, I mean, that's intellectual property, so we won't go with that. But we are going to go with Doug August Dunock, which is the Irish equivalent of said uh, section. We're going to ask you, Mina, four short answer questions and one from a previous guest who I think you may know quite well. Uh, and you can give us, yeah, your your short answer questions. So um, you can only choose one of these for the rest of your life. Is it your etchy sketch or watercolors? I'll go with watercolors because, uh, yeah, it's a little easy. It's easier and quicker. <laughs> easier and quicker than your etchy sketch. You did that pretty fast. Yeah, well, yeah, that's heartbreaking. My my girlfriend knows your Instagram from pictures of Lenny and the etchy sketch, which she cannot believe that you just dunk it afterwards. <laughs> um, do you cherish the LA Chargers or Arizona Cardinals social media's team more? If you're listening and you're not familiar with the LA Chargers, now you're a two-time schedule release part for them or the Arizona Cardinals seem to just set you up for absolute howlers the whole time when in social media the Arizona Cardinals have kind of stopped doing that so I think uh, I think that rivalry might be over I'll go with the Chargers I always like their social media presence yeah they're nailing it Um, you meet the person of your dreams but they believe that QB wins are a proper stat what do you do do you run away or stay with them um, well, my husband isn't a football fan at all, so I think it's it's entirely possible to have a relationship where you just don't talk about it that much. <laughs> and uh, whose accent has been harder to understand this time, mine or Michael's? I think I both of them, uh, both of you guys, I understood pretty clearly, except at the very beginning. Um, that that phrase I think got, got me a little bit, but otherwise, I think uh, pretty loud and clear. And our final one. So while you were in Mexico, we actually had Lenny on the show and we asked him, Lenny to give us your three most annoying habits. Can you guess what he said? Um, not feeding me enough, not walking me enough and not letting me sleep in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, um, I was, Mark, I was going to, I was going to add to that. Sorry. Like the, the picture of Mina with Lenny going to the vet last week when we messed up the Zoom call is one of the best pictures I've seen. So I, I would say, as well as Mina, uh, people listening to your podcast featuring Lenny, uh, obviously listen to that. Folks, if you're in and out football fans listening to this, Mina on TikTok is, is very, very good value. So I will uh, confuse you again with some Irish at the end. Mina, it means uh, thanks a million. Guramila Margaret, uh, thank you very much. Wish you the very, very best for during the season. I know. Just how busy and how much work that you all put in on 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 ESPN as well. So we definitely appreciate it over here. And uh, thank you so much for just you know taking 20, 25 minutes of your off season and and your re- relaxation time to come on and speak to us. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you at a game in London or Frankfurt or wherever in the future. Thanks so much, mate. Maybe hopefully Ireland. Thanks, guys.